I cannot believe how important this ser- this series is. Um, I had a conversation with a leader friend of mine this last week, and uh, she used these exact words to describe her life and work. Overwhelmed and underproductive. It just kind of blew my mind. I said, oh, we're doing a series on this. Someone who's never been to the wild conversation and and said, <laughs> she said, no way. Like that is such an important topic. Um, that is so spot on to my life right now is what she said. So many people do feel this. And even if you don't, I think that being aware that this is a feeling people have that is common. And so if nothing else, feeling overwhelmed and like you are barely keeping your head above the water, you are not alone. Um, I can tell you that I hear this often and I know it comes in seasons for, for different ones of, of us. And, um, we are not alone at all. And that feeling of being overwhelmed has a direct impact on our productivity and our progress forward. And being overwhelmed is both related to our actions, or I should say all three things, our actions, our emotions, and our thinking. Um, and that's a whole story um, that that even sinks into our identity. So let me open up with a question that I hope will invite you into the possibility of a new reality. And the question is this, what would change if the emotional and behavioral, and cognitive side of your life. And when I say that, what I mean by that's all psychological speak for the feeling, the doing, and the thinking side of your life was manageable, meaningful, and effective as opposed to overwhelmed. And what does delegation have to do with that? So let's go. I am Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. And today we're continuing our series uh, that started last week on overwhelmed and underproductive. And this week, the topic is delegation. And last week, we talked about meetings that matter. And some of you may want to check out the YouTube or the podcast that will come in, come out about that if you if you did miss it. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about priorities and rhythms, and then also jobs that are too big, which I think is also interesting. And today, let's dig right into delegation that drives. And so while delegation, this is something we've talked about, people have heard about, we've talked about it ourselves, isn't enough to solve all of our problems of feeling overwhelmed and and productive or underproductive, it's a big deal and could make a difference as part of the recipe to getting our lives and work back on a path that is manageable, meaningful, and effective. And before we get into delegation, I have to tell you something. Um, I think this is something that I feel most weeks when we talk is this, is that you have more agency and say in this than you think. In other words, you have probably more ability to choose than you might think. When I say you, I mean, we might think, because I feel this as well. And it will start with us changing our thinking. Um, Because some of us are feeling like maybe we don't have a choice about this feeling we have. And I would say that maybe we do. And delegation may play a very important part in that. Whether you're a leader or a manager or an individual contributor or a spouse (laughs) or a parent, um, for that matter. And right off the top of my head, I can think of three tasks that I never delegated to my sons. My sons are now off at college, never delegated these things. And I'm going to tell them to you straight up (laughs) that maybe I should have one. Um, if I had that, maybe it likely may have increased their accountability and the, even their development over the long haul. You might be thinking like with these tasks, Rob, but maybe, 
I did delegate many things as members of our household to them. My wife and I did that. But on these three things, I didn't. Scooping our Labrador retrievers poop, to be quite honest, didn't ever delegate that. Mowing the lawn and uh, also vacuuming. (laughs) They had lots of other regular chores around the house, but in these three areas, I didn't delegate. And in all honesty, one of these I didn't do because I love mowing the lawn. Like my wife was always like, why don't you let them like, like have them do it. I'm like, because I love mowing the lawn. Um, And with scooping in the yard, it was just was always, it seemed easier to just do it myself, to be honest. I kind of got tired of it. So I did not hold them accountable. And that's the way it went. So let's jump into this. I don't, it doesn't have to be about your kids. It's like, we're dealing with this all the time. And I think it's relevant to all of us. So of course, what is delegation? What is delegation? I love, we got to define things, right? What are we actually talking about? A delegate is a person who will represent you in your absence, or even if you are present, maybe, will be given the authority and responsibility for acting and speaking and sometimes thinking on your behalf. That's who a delegate is. Therefore, delegation is the process of assigning a task and ownership of that task to another person who will act or even think in your place. And it's not just the task you're giving away. It's also the weight of the task or thinking on you emotionally. Um, And I'll tell you this right now, at at Wild Leaders, we use a system that I've referenced before called Asana. It's an app that some of you use and are aware of for delegating to one another. And it's been a brilliant system for us that was originally set up by our our previous chief operations officer, Matt Wool, back in the day. I've learned a ton from Matt about what it means to run operations. And it works for us still to this day. And this is why I bring it up. I had five tasks delegated to me this last week by members of my team. And I'm the CEO. So think about that definition I just gave you. They gave me power and authority and responsibility for something that uh, without me, they would have had to own. And so they delegated that to me. They gave me the authority to get something done on their behalf and they trusted me with it. They didn't completely let it go as they can still see it. <laughs> they can still see it in our system, but it did. They did. they did give it to me and it gave me a way to be reminded of that delegation that occurred. And here's what I think is interesting about this title for today, Delegation That Drives. Delegation that drives creates scale, learning, increased productivity, accountability, and it creates the possibility of the leader accomplishing something that they could not have done on their own. I'm going to come back to those words that I just mentioned uh, in just a moment. And so... So why is the lack of delegation related to feeling overwhelmed? And for one thing, in so many cases, we feel like we are responsible for doing it all. Um, And boy, that's just, that's a common thing we've talked about for the decades we've been talking about management, right? In other cases, we simply do not know what to delegate. That's one of the honest truths. You get underneath the hood of many leaders' brains, and that's one of the problems. We don't know what to delegate. We haven't done the work to know what we should be doing and what others could do for us and with us. And in other cases, we don't know how to ask for help. That's just the honest truth as well, right? So sometimes we even work with people who are not willing to receive responsibility for the things we might delegate, or we just simply have not taken a strategic moment to take back agency over our our work and life. And until we do that, we cannot know what to delegate. So let's talk about 
why delegation is so important. <laughs> Some of those things I mentioned. Delegation is important. This connects into a whole story of people development. Delegation is important because it, it's not only about getting things done, but impacts the capacity of others to learn and grow, to be accountable, to perform. It affects our, our ability to scale, like I said before. It, it even impacts motivation. It's so much more than just getting things done. It is connected into so many things in a whole way about performance and development that it is nuts. It even connects into, connects into succession planning. For some of you I know are deeply interested in that. It impacts development because we know that people learn to lead better through experiences that push them to the edge of themselves. This is what the research says, but we also know this from experience, right? We know that that happens. And when an important task, and think about this for just a second. What is a task? It's an experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? It provides an experience because doing something is also an experience. And the experience of doing that important task probably produces pet pressure when it's given to someone else. And we know that learning takes place through those stretch experiences. That's when you open up the, the person's developmental laboratory. That's what the research says. So in many ways, delegation of tasks is so critical for developing leader capacity. How can our successors learn if they're not provided the experiences to take them to the next level? They can't. They can't. So and tasks are a part of that. Okay. I know I'm getting, I just get really convicted about this stuff. So here's another thing. Development impacts performance and accountability because in most every case, we get the job done together. People cannot be accountable for a task they have been given to own. They, they cannot be accountable for a task they haven't been given to own. And that may take time for them to truly own it. It's like back to my sons. Like I, it, it would have taken time for me to delegate certain tasks to them that I would have had to stick to it. And to be honest, I was delegation lazy in some cases. And so sticking to it would have made a difference and would have affected a lot of things in terms of performance and accountability. Development impacts scale. <laughs> we all know this, right? But I'm telling you, like it is, it is, I can't tell you how many times Dr. Daniel Halleck has said to me, if you don't do this, and he says it much nicer than I'm about to say it. This is just the way I hear it. If you don't, if you don't do this differently, we can't scale. He usually turns it around and he goes, if you do this, we can scale. So I, I'm much more motivated by the, the possibility than I am the, the fear. And so he knows me well and, and, and talks to me that way. But it's important, right, for scale. It, it, it's absolutely necessary. And it affects even leaders in very large organizations that have already scaled beyond what some of us have scaled to before. And development impacts motivation because of what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago regarding job characteristics, characteristics and tasks. Tasks that are important and that a person can own increased motivation. Simply that. So it's like delegation is so much more than just do it. And I'm going to get to just do it in just a second, like right now. All right. So some of you are thinking, okay, Rob, that's great. So where do we start? What do I do? And I, I like to finish with some practical things to think about that are going to attach themselves into other things that we have talked about regarding whole person development and delegation. Because you, it's it's really difficult to delegate well without laying the groundwork, like doing laying all the pipe that's necessary to do this well. So let's get there. Because otherwise, 
we write about delegate a book about delegation. Delegation, by the way, is like in this way is a dependent variable. It's an outcome. We want to delegate, but what is it that actually allows us to do that well? Does that make sense? What is it that allows us to do that well? So let's get into this. The first thing is this. Know your resistance. Number one, know your resistance. What assumptions are you making about others or yourself that is keeping you from giving others the power and authority to get them to get those things done? I think understanding your resistance. Something as simple as, I grew up in a home where you did it all yourself. That was what it meant to act ethically and responsibly. And some of you did. Some of you had parents who were, they ran their own business and they never scaled because they were not willing to give it away. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like that was, that's something that in your family, that's what it meant to be a moral person. It's like, sometimes it's that deeply embedded. So know your resistance. What are the things you think about that keep you from, from maybe giving things away? Number two, Define or redefine your role. A clear understanding of yourself and what your role is. It would be difficult to design what to delegate if you don't know what your job is first. So this comes back to something we've talked about before. All of you in my best world have a job description. Now I said in my best world because maybe you don't, but I hope that maybe that will invite you to write one. <laughs> like, what is your job? And, and maybe that when I say it may be, or redefine your role, maybe this is a moment to say, I need to redefine my role. Number three, let's turn it around. Define the role of others with them. A clear understanding of the jobs of others, know their jobs and help them know their jobs. And it comes back to something I said just a moment ago, that's not very complicated, but write a job description, right? So it's like, if, if we don't understand our roles, it's difficult to delegate. Again, it's like, this is fundamental groundwork that will help us lay that foundation for doing this well. Number four, know your competencies, know your blind spots, know your areas of weakness, know where you need help. That's what this is about. Know your competencies, blind spots, and areas of weakness. Like this is in order to understand where we need help, it's not just about, like, don't say weakness. These are things I'm bad at, but no places where you've got to fill in the gaps. And in some places, you're not doing it as well as other people will do it, and they'll do it better. So know your competencies is key. Number five, <laughs> what do you think it's going to be? Yes, know the competencies, blind spots, and areas of weakness in your team members. So it's not just, it's understanding, <laughs> it's kind of related to the job description thing, but understanding and seeing them for their areas of strength. Now we all have to do things. We all, it is necessary to do things that are not in our area of strength. I, that is absolutely just a reality. I, to say like, do your best and highest every day, like what you're really good at would be missing the reality that sometimes 20 to 50% of our job are things that are not necessarily really leaning into our strengths, but it's a reality of organizational life, right? <laughs> I hope so. It's not just me. Okay. Number six, Hire developmentally ready and editable people. The be in the best cases, and I would say in this, in this, some of you are saying like, what if I have people who are not those people? Invite your current team members to learn and grow and keep inviting them. 
One of the challenges with development related to delegation is that some people have never been invited. And so when they first get invited to actually develop as the leaders on your team or the people on your team, they've never seen it before. So they don't trust it. So they push back for a while. But some of you have seen the a long term the long term impact of a long term investment in people where you said I didn't know that that person was had the possibility of coming around, and now this person is incredibly accountable and and uh, does amazing things on my team in terms of delegation. Number seven, delegate power and accountability. Um, this is a tough one, but it, but it also this is about it must begin with delegating the decision about what is going to happen. Um, here's, here's the thing. I know this is, this is a deep, deep hole that is important to dig into, but it, my example is that when my wife and I picked someone to take our kids, if we died, when our kids were young, I had a really deep conviction that that person should get all my money. That, that, and that was really controversial because most people, when they assign someone like, would you take our children? If, if we die, will you take our children? I'm like, I always say to people like, you trust these people with your children in your absence, but you wouldn't trust them with your money. Now I get that it's different later, but it's like delegating true delegation is handing over that responsibility. And I know that sometimes those people fail. I get that. So that that's a whole nother conversation around how much failure is okay. And we, we see a lot of these people, people pitching about some, some is necessary. So, but I think this is the, an important thing for us to consider the tension of this delegating power and accountability is a part of it. Um, number eight, no, they will do it differently. They will still need course corrections at times, but your way is not the only way. And you may be right at times as you, as you do those course corrections, but they may do it differently. Y'all, we don't get over this. Like, I know some of you have been in like super senior leadership roles at big organizations. We still struggle with this all the way across our lifetime. So I'm preaching to the, myself as I do this. Number nine, know what motivates them to learn. I think knowing people's motivation is really important. And I'm going to say number 10, because this is, I would say this, this is where whole leader development connects into this conversation around delegation. Pick a system for seeing each other. Because develop, delegation is so connected into the development of the people around us, picking a system that works for you to assign tasks in a fluid and relational way, but also picking a system for seeing each other. You all know this. Many of you know this, that we use our own system. We use the wild toolkit because it gives us as a team at Wild Leaders insight into many different things that are so deeply related to delegation and our team. And for example, understanding our competencies, we use the skills and knowledge inventory. We have an annual conversation at least once a year as a team about this. We look at our motivations. We use a motivational learning inventory to understand not just what, what motivates each of us to learn. We use the transformational experiences audit once a year as a team because that gives us an understanding of the experiences that each of us would like and also need to have to develop to the next level. And if we don't develop to the next level, then we can't know what to delegate. Do you see the connective tissue in the conversations around whole leader development and what it means to delegate way uh, well? And then also we use, some of you have used this tool, the people investment plan uh, as a way to see one another and invest in each other's development so that we can understand delegation to one another so much more effectively. And in this way, a system for de delegation must be um, 
a system for delegation has to be backed by a system for seeing ourselves and others better and regularly. I know that's a lot. I gave you another, it's a list of 10 things to consider. So many things to think about. So now our job together is to keep this conversation going. Thank you for listening to this Wild Conversation. To join our live Wild Conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.